Welcome to Transformation Church RVA. This sermon is a part of our series called Our Prayer. We want to start this new year on our knees in prayer, asking the Lord to shape our church and transform our community by the gospel. May this revival be marked by a biblical understanding of the image of God in men and women and racial reconciliation amongst the body of Christ, transcending and restoring our culture. Please turn your Bible to Ephesians chapter 3. We will read verses 14 through 21. If you do not have a Bible, there is one in front of you, in front of the pew, and that's our gift to you. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as of all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than what we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all his generations forever and ever. Amen. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Ray. Um, So today's exciting for multiple reasons, but... Uh, We're starting a new series this morning, and we do this series every year in January. Um, This is an exciting series because how many of you know you start out with really good intentions in January, and then by the end of January, I was going to give you until like the summer, but I'm just going to give you until the end of January, things have already started working against you. You know that's true? Yeah. Um, Since Genesis chapter 3, the things God has created us to do, sin is working against us to do those things. You want to be a good husband? Sin is going to work. It's going to be hard work to do that. You want to be a good wife? You want to be a good kid, high school student? Um, Uh, You want to honor God in all things. The sinfulness, the brokenness of this world is going to work against you. Um, And that has always been true. And so in January, every year, we try and reset. We want to look at and we want to think on the things that matter to God. And because they matter to God, they should matter to us. This is true. The things that matter to God for the Christian should matter to you. Now, what does that look like? So week one, this week, today, you're here. You made it. We're going to talk about prayer. Prayer is important in the life of a Christian. It shouldn't be um, 
the, what do they say, the oh crap handle, the one that's up here. Maybe your wife doesn't drive like mine, but I have to grab it to survive. Um, Yeah, amen, see? I hope you survived that one, Woody. I hope you survived that one. Um, (laughs) Prayer isn't meant to be that handle. Like, oh, it's an emergency. It should be in the rhythms of of the Christian life. So if you feel yourself struggling and anemic, I'd check your... When's the last time you talked to the Lord? Um, Next week, we're going to talk about vision. Um, what God, the leadership team met uh, later in the year, last year, November, and we talked about the vision that God was laying on our hearts. We're going to talk about that next week. Um, week number three, we're going to talk about the Imago Day. Everybody say Imago. It's easy. Day. That is the image of God. And you carry it. It is in you. All of humanity carries the image of the creator God. And because of that, it should affect how we operate. And so his image, we should take his image bearers importantly. And that is from the womb to the tomb. Okay. Um, And then the week after that, we're going to talk about revival. Revival has been something that is Stirring amongst the people of our church. We see God moving. We see God working. I want to talk about revival. And then the last week, we're going to talk about what it looks like to be a church of the nations. What does it look like to be a church of the nations? Not just the church for white people or black people or Asian people or you name it. What does it look like to be a church for the nations, to have a church culture that looks like that? Because can I tell you, we will easily divert to what's most comfortable. We, you will die. Let me, so let me not say we, let me say you, because some, some of you are like, yeah, probably this person or that person, but not you. You will divert to what's most comfortable for you. It's always been the case. Um, and, and being a church of the nations, being a global church can get uncomfortable. So that is what the next few weeks look like. Really excited about it. Today we're going to talk about prayer. We read out of Ephesians. And as we talk about, look at at my son. Yeah, he's so sweet. Speaking of my son, how many of you know my middle child, McKinley? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she's she's loud all the time, not just when she's hungry. Um, And look, I'm loud when I'm hungry. Uh, my favorite part, I don't know what your favorite part of the day is, but my favorite part of the day, you want to know what it is? When I walk, it, it doesn't have to be morning, night, or noon. When you walk, when I walk into my house and McKinley hears my footsteps, she's flat-footed, so she sounds like a platypus running, um, slapping across the floor. And she's dense. We call her pound cake. Uh, she's dense. Uh, so you can hear her. 
So pound cake comes around the corner and with a, just not a mediocre and not just a calm, but a hi, Dada. I could walk in 10 times a day and as soon as she sees me. And frankly, if she knows you well enough, she'll do the same thing for you. Um, it is the favorite part of my day. And I wonder if that is the relationship between me and my daughter. And my daughter and her father. I wonder how it feels for the Lord when we run to him in prayer. The Bible makes that comparison often about if, if, a, if an earthly father will do this, how much more will, how much more will I do? Um, there is a relationship here, and if it's just in an earthly sense, this just this comfort. I wonder today what your relationship with the Lord is missing if your prayer isn't where it needs to be, and we aren't running to the Lord. You know, he, the Proverbs tells us he delights when we come to him. He inclines his ear to us. And so what I want to talk about today is that we should frequently pray and desire to be filled, in our prayers, to be filled with God's fullness. Everybody say fullness. In order for us to understand the text that we're reading today, where we started in 14, we have to kind of look back because he says, when I think of all this, he, he said, for this reason, okay? What's he talking about when he talks about when I think of all this? Well, he just finished, Paul, writing this letter to the church at Ephesus, he just finished explaining to the church a mystery. Anybody watch Unsolved Mysteries? Okay, maybe you watch that murder docu-series that you just love to try and figure out what's going on. Anybody curious in here? You enjoy a good mystery? Okay, that's fine. The rest of you, you just don't want to be honest. That's fine. Um, we're naturally curious, Right? And so Paul lays out this mystery and he reveals this mystery to the church at Ephesus. And here's the mystery. I don't have time to preach on it. So I'm just going to, it's in verse six. And this is God's plan. This, this was the mystery revealed. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. This was a big deal. Jew and Gentile were equal at the foot of the cross. This was a big deal. Jews and Gentiles didn't interact with each other. In the New Testament, we see Paul, Peter, trying to constantly, because Jews would say in order to be God's people, you have to be circumcised. And so they were putting hurdles between um, Gentiles and salvation. And so what we see here is Paul revealing this mystery that God is doing something. God is doing something spiritual, spiritually and eternally significant through the unity the gospel creates. The gospel is a unifier. Now, I don't know if you've been to a church that seemed to be very divisive or dividing, but 
Churches that are gospel-centered are unifying. Maybe this is news to you. You realize the goal as a Christian is to, we are ambassadors of reconciliation. We should be ambassadors of unity. Some of us want to wave this flag of disunity and look at me standing on a bridge all by myself. Look at my stance when the gospel brings people together. Can I look around the room? Just look around the room. Do me that favor. I, what else can bring together people from every walk, nation, tongue, financial status, job, area of town? What else can do that? Nothing except the good news of Jesus Christ. The good news of Jesus Christ. The ground is level at the foot of the cross and access is not limited to a certain group of people. This was the mystery. This is what Paul said. Hey, no matter where you come from, you don't have to be a Jew to gain the promises, to get the riches of his glory. You can come to Jesus Christ. This is good news for you. This is good news for you and I. This is good news for the person down the street. That the cross has no boundaries. So he reveals this reason. And then he says, upon thinking about this, he says, for this reason, or when I think about all this, verse 14, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. Prayer. How many in the room today Feel like your prayer life could be better. Okay. So you're welcome. You feel the comfort? Everybody just, everybody just took a, you're at home here. Everyone's prayer life can be better. One of the reasons I think that, and and this, this thought, this mysterious, how Christ has saved everyone and his riches are open to everyone. It's this thought that spurs him into prayer. I wonder if we don't pray because we just don't think about the Lord. When I think of all this, or some of your verses may be for this reason, he is founding this prayer on the basis that one, I, when I think about the goodness of God, man, it just drives me to prayer. I just want to talk to him. And uh, other things. So, so this is what this thought does. It causes him to think. What if we were more aware of God? What if you were more aware of God? I guarantee you pray more. Because he thought, he said, for this reason, and then he falls to his knees. Now, this is an odd position to pray in. I don't know what position you pray in. Some of you pray, pray in this position. You know, you never get to the amen, just kind of you drift off to sleep. Some of you, uh, it's just me and you, Roger. It's just me and you, brother. We're in it alone. Um, You may pray in the shower. You may pray as you're getting ready in the morning. Some of you pray in the car. Um, Throughout scripture, uh, 
in religious sects, they would pray like this, standing up, hands raised, okay? Very pronounced prayer posture. What you find Paul do is as he thinks of the goodness of the Lord, and then he even says here uh, in verse 7, by God's grace and mighty power, I've been given the privilege of serving him by spreading the good news. When he thinks about this privilege, he falls to his knees in a humble position of prayer. Posture is important when you pray. Um, Paul found it important, not just in a physical sense, but in a, I need to bow myself to the creator of the universe. And as I think about him, I'm going to bow my knee to him. And then he prays this prayer. And as we talk about prayer today and kind of setting the tone for this year, I think this is the prayer. This is the prayer I'm praying for you. This is the prayer I'm praying for me. This is the prayer I'm praying for our church. And he lays this out starting in verse 16. We're going to look at three things here. Look at verse 16. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. The very first thing I'm praying for 2022 is this, that the Lord would be strengthened in our inner being. That he would be strengthened in my inner being. As I scroll through Facebook, I'm a Facebook scroller. I don't post very much. I'm just nosy. Maybe that's you. But I'll speak for myself. I I use it to help keep track of what's going on with everybody. Let me tell you something. 2022 is a weird year to be a pastor. So was 2021. 2020 was a weird year for sure. Um, I have had people get upset with me for not calling them about a hospital visit that they posted on Facebook. They got sick. They posted on Facebook, but they, they never reached out to anybody. They just posted on Facebook and I was supposed to find it on Facebook. So I scroll Facebook a lot uh, to keep up with many of your prayer requests. <laughs> um, it is just as easy to text me. Okay, so please, please text me with your prayer request or call um, either one. But as I scroll through, what I see is there are a lot of people trying a lot of different ways to find inner strength, to strengthen their inner being. Uh, Some people in the new year will choose to eat right, Uh, go to the gym. They say January and February is the busiest time in gyms in America. Yeah, and then people pay $54 a month for the rest of their lives and never go back to the gym. I'm still trying to get out of it. That was a joke, but y'all didn't get it. Okay, so um, some people go to the gym, try and eat right. Some people will um, try and fix their uh, mental health is a big thing. Now, it wasn't re- I don't remember mental health being such a focus when I was younger. I don't know if it was young, maybe when you guys were younger, but now mental health is a big thing. And I think it's a good thing that people are talking about mental health. Um, I do also think, now this could be controversial, this could be controversial, but I think I can support it biblically. Is this uh, I think God has ordained and uses. Uh, modern day medicine as a common grace that we are all to partake in. I am not one who will tell you to forego medicine or not go to the doctor. I think there are people that um, do those things and die uh, 
because they didn't take part in the common grace that God has given us in medicine and professionals. I think all good things come from above. Okay. Now, with that in mind, um, I am I am in full support of if you are having mental health issues, finding a counselor and somebody to talk to. Maybe it starts here. Our elders, our staff. I, I think the church is a great place to start. I will say this though: I think there is such a depend. There can become a dependence on health mental health counselors that people forego going to God. I don't think God is, a, is an option. I think he's where you start. And then if you need a counselor, if you need a therapist, by all means, find a Christian therapist. Why, I, why do I bring up all these things? People try and find the strength, strengthening of their inner being from resources that run out. It, it's true. There's never enough Krispy Kreme donuts in the box. Never enough. They always run out. Can I tell you something? I've been to counseling. I've been to a therapist, not just as a kid, but as an adult. Um, and I've been to therapists who weren't Christians. Can I tell you, their advice, while they may help in a practical sense, do not fill a God-sized void in my inner being. Today, I'm telling you, when the scripture says that I pray that his glorious and unlimited resources empower you with inner strength, we need to go to God first. We have to go to God first. There's no therapist that is God. They can have advice out the wazoo. And I don't even know if people say wazoo anymore. <laughs> but their advice will run thin at some point. It, they, it will not heal certain physical voids. So let me be clear. As clear as a pastor can be, because I know I may get an email on this. I am pro Good Christian therapist, mental health professionals, medicine. But I go to God first. He is the king. He is the king and he has unlimited rich resources that will strengthen your inner being in a way that nothing else will. Am I saying losing weight is bad? No, trust me, I need to. Is exercise bad? No, it is a good and God-given thing to honor the temple we've been given. Let me tell you, though, that there is nothing. There is nothing unlimited on this earth. The resource you need to tap for inner strength in 2022 is his resources through his spirit. All right, that's number one. Uh, so I'm praying that we would be strengthened in our inner being. Uh, number two, I'm praying that we would be Rooted and grounded in God's love. Look at verse 17. Then Christ will make his home. In some of your versions, it's going to say dwell. Everybody say dwell. Um, he'll make uh, his home in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. 
As we pray, I wonder if the Lord feels at home in you. How crowded is your heart? That's what this verse makes me think of. Um, Also, this make home, this is a permanent, this Greek word dwell actually refers to, there are two Greek words for dwell. One is a temporary, like giving housing to a stranger, which may be how Christ is your current relationship with Christ. You give him home on Sundays. uh, You give him a home, maybe you give him a little slot in your time uh, throughout the week. But he wants to dwell in a permanent. This is the the Greek word here means permanent. He wants to set up camp in you. Um, And a byproduct of that is your roots will grow down deep or be rooted. Everybody say rooted. This picture of a tree's roots growing down through the soil around rocks and holding firm. Grounded, a picture of building a foundation that is going to be crackless and something you can stand on. His love is where we should be rooted and grounded. Um, anybody else? It seems like they're just some mean people. Anybody know any mean people? I'm not talking about grumpy. I know grumpy people. I love a lot. There's a lot of grumpy people I love to death. And they're not mean. They're just grumpy. Um, I think a marker of somebody who is following Christ is that there's a certain stability that comes when you root in the love When I think about inner strength, you guys know suicide rates are up, right? Amen. Depression is up. I just, we were just talking about this in the huddle before service. Watch the news. There was a shooting in Denver recently. Just here locally, let's talk local. Um, some, there was a road rate incident locally. Car pulled up next to the other car and shot the person, just pulled out a gun and shot them in the other car. Um, these things are important. I'm, I don't want you to take these things as something that are a checklist or a um, or optional for the Christian. If you have submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, these should be a marker for you. We should be people that pray and find strength in him, in our inner being. That's where we go for strength. Um, When we talk about being rooted and grounded in something, it's not in the stock market. It's not in how much money I have. It's not in my relationships earthly. Because can I tell you that I see all types of relationships where people sink their roots and build their foundations and no relationship on this side of, the, of glory can handle that type of weight. Not our wives, not our husbands, not our kids, boyfriends, girlfriends, friends. We need to be rooted and grounded in his love. And then look, look at number three. So 
That we would be strengthened in our inner being, that we would be rooted and grounded in his love. And then verses 18 and 19, that we would know the love of Christ. Everybody say no. No. What I'm talking about here, and look at verse 18, it says, And may you have the power to understand, to know, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness. Everybody say fullness. You see, we should be praying and desiring to be full of God's, filled with God's fullness. This is what this looks like, to be full of God. It means I'm strengthened in my inner being. It means that I'm rooted and grounded in his love. It means I know. This is a wild concept that we can know the love of God. This isn't ethereal. This isn't some lofty. We, we almost talk about the love of God as if it's something we're trying to get to. Or something we're trying to earn. Or his love is contingent. Anything you watch on TV. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. You watch. Do you watch Hallmark? I take, I, okay, so I hit on Hallmark a lot. It really doesn't matter. Maybe you're young and the restless fans. Those were frowned upon when I was a kid. Like my, my grandma watched those in quiet, you know, because she, she didn't want people to church enough. What? Oh, some of you watch it. That's why you're being quiet. Um, you watch things on TV, and you'll say to yourself, "Look, husbands, wives, specifically, uh, you'll watch things and say, oh, I wish my marriage was like that.'" I wish my husband, I wish my wife was like that. Or I wish I had friends like that. I wish, I wish, I wish. And, it, and so it puts in our minds this thought that love is something that I have to get to, that, that it is hard to know. Listen, the love of the creator of everything in heaven and earth is knowable. You can know love. And, and a type of love where head meets heart. Uh, what I mean by that is, if I were to ask you, do you know that God loves you? Most of you would say, of course. You know it here. But do you know it here? Do you know his love? Not just know. Most, and we say this a lot, to be fully known and to be fully loved at the same time is the most amazing feeling in the world. And this is what the love of God does. It knows every corner of your life, the ones you show here and the ones you don't. It knows. It knows about what happens in your living room. It knows what happens at your job. God sees everything about you and he loves you all the same. His love is knowable. Um, and, it, and it lists a couple things here. It says, um, how wide. This is telling us that th there is a width that, to God's love. You can see how wide a river is by noticing how much it covers. God's river of love is so wide it covers all of our sin. 
And it covers every circumstance of my life so that all things work together for good. When I doubt his forgiveness and his providence, I am narrowing the mighty river of God's love. His love is as wide as the world. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. You cannot escape the width of his love. It's his, the love of Jesus has length. Ask yourself this question. When did Christ, when did the love of God start towards you? Go ahead and ask yourself the question. When did God's love start towards you? You ready? It has always been. Because God has always been. Before the foundations of the earth. Before you were a twinkle in your daddy's eye. He loved you. How long will it continue? It has length. Jeremiah 31.3 says, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. It's wide. It's, it has length. It has depth. Philippians 2, 7 and 8 says, But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. You can't go lower than the death of the cross. That is how deep his love is for you. That's height. God's love is wide enough to include every person. His love is long enough to last through all eternity. His love is deep enough to reach the worst sinner. His love is high enough to reconcile us to an all-knowing, all-sufficient God. And then he says right here at the end in 19, he says, may you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to fully understand. You can know it. You may not ever know it fully. But you can know it. You can know the love of God. I don't, I'm reiterating that over and over again because some people seem like they just don't realize it is tangible. It is grabbable. You can get a hold of it. You may not be able to get all of it, but you can get it. It's there for you. Um, and he, probably one of the very best sayings in this prayer is, To be filled with God is a great thing, but to be filled with the fullness of God is greater. But watch, to be filled with all the fullness of God is something that confounds our understanding completely. And as the band comes back and I get ready to close, he goes into this doxology here at the end. What does this produce when we pray that God would um, strengthen our inner being, that he would root us and ground us in his love, that we would know his love? Look how he bursts forth here. He says, now, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work in us, in you, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Listen to this. Uh, Charles Spurgeon wrote this about 
this particular text. He is constructed here in the Greek an expression which is altogether his own. No language was powerful enough for the apostle. I mean for the Holy Ghost speaking through the apostle. For very often Paul had to coin his own words and phrases to shadow forth his meaning. And here is one. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Exceedingly abundantly. Have you ever thought about how, how abundant is exceedingly abundant? It's so abundant that it exceeds the measure and description. God is able to do more than you can fathom. Now, all glory to God who is able. Now, he is able through the spirit, through what he is accomplishing in you and I. Did you know that today? He is at work in your life. Sometimes whether you recognize it or not. The same God, this is is powerful, the same God that spoke the world into existence is at work in you. The same God that spoke the world into existence is at work in you and I, and he is able to accomplish Exceedingly and abundantly above what we could ask or think. Glory to him and his church. Can I tell you today, that is our desire of Transformation Church, that he be magnified and glorified in a way that it's, it doesn't, it, the particular program doesn't matter, the particular venue doesn't matter, but at the end of the day, what we want is God to be glorified in his church. Nothing else. Nothing else. It's not about any one person. It's not any one team or one crew. And here's what we found. The more we lift God up and glorify him, the more he draws people to himself. This is how we grow the church. We glorify God. If you want to reach your friends for Christ, it's not necessarily through your ability to communicate what he's done in your life as much as it is. Um, so, so maybe you're not great with words. Maybe you're not great with words. But if you are acknowledging him in all your ways, if you are glorifying him in your life, he will draw. He does the drawing, right? I mean, I could put a carousel out in the foyer. And it will draw people for a little while. But it is God who does the drawing in an eternal, uh, matterful way. Um, And that's our desire for this year. Uh, I was talking with, um, and you're going to get to see this interview, I believe, next week. Um, I got to sit down with Buddy Sprouse. And uh, I said, Buddy, what, Buddy has been was a, is a charter member here. I think he's one of our last ones. Um, and so when the church chartered in 1949, he was here. Back when there was no building. Just a tent. Young guy back then. So a lot of the questions, I, I, I was so curious about what the church was like back then. And he, uh, he said, you know, Carl, I don't, I don't remember a ton. He said, I was young. So they told me what to do and I just did it. Um, 
And I said, well, buddy, what, what would be one of your wishes for the church? And he said, man, I just want to see the pews full. Yeah. Um, and in, in the culture we're in currently, that can kind of be hard to picture. Can I, can I tell you today that that is our desire? To be God, see God glorified in such a way that he draws all men and women and families because of the hope we have in him. Yeah. Um, I believe God has for 2022, not just for this church, but in your life, I believe he has something for you. You know how I know that? You're still here. If he was done with you, you wouldn't be. Is that, is that okay to say? Can I get a, is that good? Okay, all right. <laughs> Statistics are true. One in one die, okay? Did you know that? It took me a while to come up with that one. Um, if you have breath in your lungs, God has a purpose for you being here. Amen. I don't care if you're six or 600. Some of you are getting close. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's like five something. He's it's, it's not even close. <laughs> There's no retirement from kingdom work or pursuing the Lord. So as you pray, and I'm just praying with you that you would be strengthened in your inner being, that you would be rooted and grounded in this love because as we approach uncertainty and times coming, that is what's going to stabilize the work of the Lord in you. And that you would just know his love. If you would know his love, I guarantee it's transforming. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word to us today, that you are good that we can know you, that you truly are knowable. And, and so we come as we are. We lay all our cards out on the table and, and tell you that um, we, we know you are where our strength comes from. True strength comes from you. For those who feel weak, maybe they present a, a good physical outward appearance, but maybe they feel discouraged and anxious in their inner being from your rich unlimited resources Lord I'm asking that you would strengthen their inner being today right now right now Lord if they don't know your love I'm praying today that they would know they would search after and know your love. Help us to be a church here, your church here in Chesterfield that would bring you glory. That it would might affect someone else's eternity. We ask all this in the matchless name of Jesus. Everyone said. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, 
check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.